Hi, welcome to Tab's Two Cents, a show where we talk about finance, business, and achieving success. Today on the show, we have Aaron Adkin. Aaron is an online nutrition coach and a good friend of mine. He's a returning guest, and we have some great conversation about habits, about discipline, about nutrition, about how finance and fitness relate to each other, and some of the skills you need to excel and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Tab's Two Cents, the show for average Joe investors where we talk finance and how to achieve success. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, buddy. Glad to yeah, be back. No problem. <laughs> yeah, of course. So last time you were on, we sort of talked about your online business, fitness, nutrition. How's it going? It's going good, man. Yeah, same, uh, still coaching away, doing what I love. Yeah, things are going great. Just posted uh, actually some pictures of my uh, newest client there the other day. He's about late 40s. I think we got him down about 20, 25 pounds at this point. So no, things are going good. Couldn't be happier, really. That's awesome. How about with the bodybuilding? How's that going? It's going good. So currently I'm in my off season right now. So I finished my competition last year in June and took myself through about, I would say maybe like a six to eight week recovery diet. And that's just walking food up slowly. Actually, sorry, the recovery diet is about uh, six to eight weeks. And that's where we jack up food pretty quick, put on quite a bit of weight right away. From that point, you kind of taper the food down and and slowly start gaining at a slower, more reasonable rate. And uh, I've been gaining since last June. Um, I'll probably, I'm I'm 200 pounds now. Stage weight was 157. So 40 pounds, 40, almost 40 pounds. So yeah, no man, it's going good. And I'll I'll probably hang up here for a while and uh, looking to compete again in 2023. So yeah. That's awesome. So I know your business online, you do a lot of fitness coaching, you do a lot of nutrition coaching. And one of the reasons I wanted to get you on was it's not all about the physical fitness and, and your body and weight loss. A, a lot of this is mental toughness and mental conditioning and dealing with stress and anxiety. And as investors, we need to be fairly calm when things start to go not our way. So I wonder if you yeah. talk a little about the mental benefits to nutrition and fitness. Yeah, as like overall, I can kind of speak from my own perspective, really. Um, I know for me, at this point in my life, it's, it's, it's kind of a deep part of my morals and values. And I find that when I, you know, don't stay aligned to those habits, it can affect me mentally. I notice that if I'm not, if I, if I don't, if I'm not kind of checking the boxes that I want to check physically, then mentally, uh, it's not quite there for me too as well. And I, I kind of find that maybe it's, you know, a little bit more anxiety and stress creeps into my life. And I think that's just because I have certain values I want to kind of associate myself with and align myself with. And then when I got, when I, when I stray away from those, then uh, it becomes one of those, you know, internal battles, I think mentally. So, uh, you know, and that's just, that's just me. And that's just the habits that I have now. And that's kind of the person that I feel the most comfortable being. But at the end of the day, it's, I know that for me, if I, if I feel good physically, then I, I just tend to feel better mentally. And, uh, you know, I'm not perfect. Like even with the natural bodybuilding, like in the off season, like, you know, for example, uh, I just had a couple back-to-back vacations for myself. And even then, like we, we spent 17 days in Florida. And then after we came back and went to Antigua and I even noticed for myself, like I was starting to drink a little bit more. I was starting to get at ease because when I'm in the off season as a bodybuilder, I'm gaining weight. I don't have to be hyper-focused as much on food. I spent a whole entire year just hyper-focused on food, like every single piece of food that went in my mouth was tracked logged so you know this break the last 10 months where i've had to you know had some more leniency and i got to kind of do the things that i kind of missed out on i kind of noticed though when i got back from my second vacation that you know some of the habits that i really want to 
make sure we stay in place. We're starting to slip a little bit. I was drinking a little bit more alcohol and stuff like that. And I, and I noticed a little bit more stress creeping in my life. Uh, like I got three small kids, so <clears throat> I got stress in my life no matter what. So, you know, I think just for me, it's, you know, making sure that I'm doing the things that I believe in, the things that I identify myself with. And then uh, when I do those things, everything else in the mental science seems to just fall in line with that. So, yeah, it's almost like once you have a clear cut routine and you, you start to, a lot of people talk about the benefits of a routine. So once you start to follow this routine, then if you need to add on some more productive things, it tends to be easier than starting from scratch. Yeah. And that's like, with my coaching process, that's the number one thing I'm trying to do. Like the way I coach is, you know, I have all my clients logging their food, weighing their food, tracking all their workouts, Mm -hmm. usually having some sort of idea of what their steps are on a daily basis. Um, If they move a lot already, if not, then I want to make sure they're tracking those steps to make sure we're getting that at least a certain amount of movement in there a day. For me, myself, if, if I'm coaching my client and I'm kind of making sure that they do those things, I kind of want to make sure that my own habits are the same and I'm kind of living by my own words and, and you know, doing the same things that I'm telling other people to do. Yeah, I think that with investing, you know, you want to tell yourself that I'm going to hold this stock five years or 10 years or one year, whatever your timeline is. But then, as we all know, and there, I had a guest on Charting Man, Dan, and he was talking about the emotional significance to money that we hold. And how hard it is to watch your dollars go down in your account, go into the red. And I think with routine, if you know that you're just going to continually dollar cost average and hold those stocks and it's ingrained in you that that's what's going to happen, it's easier to do that. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what, that kind of, in a sense of fitness, like I always tell my clients, I say, this is the the boxes we want to check. This is where we want to be. But before we get there, there's going to be a learning process to a new strategy. Like, this is our strategy. We're going to stick to this strategy and it's going to take you a few weeks to get used to this and get confident with it. So I, I like to remind my clients that because the main thing I want to do is build new habits for people. That's number one. I don't expect people, I don't want people to track their food forever. I don't want people to, you know, log every set forever. I, I personally do, but I don't expect other people to do that. And I usually cho- I usually coach general population clients. I'm not coaching bodybuilders. You know, that's something I'm interested in, but I know not everybody else is interested in that. But there's certain fundamentals and principles in nutrition and fitness that apply to everybody. And it's kind of like a, uh, I like to think of it like a faucet, you know, like how much do you want to turn it on? How much you want to turn it off? And it depends on what your goal is, how much you jack that faucet up. The biggest thing is developing habits that are the basic fundamentals that apply to everybody and taking that habit or that strategy or that approach and just applying it over time and being consistent with it. And not wavering, you know, when there's hiccups in the road, thinking that you got to change things up and do something different. They're the basic fundamentals that work for everybody. And, uh, you know, long-term consistency is, is really the most important thing. And building those habits, because I don't expect people to track everything forever. That's not the goal either. Yeah, I think that's interesting because finance is the same. Once you get the habits, then it all kind of just happens naturally after that. It's interesting you mentioned strategy, because one of the things that we deal with as investors is we get all these interesting options thrown at us you know you get meme stocks you get weed stocks you get crypto you get all these new trends and it's very tempting to hop on those trains i'm sure you deal with that in finance as well how do you deal with the guys saying hey i want to be keto i want to be carnivore diet do you think it's more of a mental thing or do you think it's you know a populist thing or a trend-setting thing uh i would say the latter most (laughs) um No, you know what? First of all, uh, 
I get it all the time with clients uh, who come to me with, you know, saying that they, they're applying like, well, uh, just I'm gonna throw a few out there, but usually it's like something like, uh, you know, intermittent fasting, uh, keto was a big one for a while, still is a carnivore diet. Um, there was the paleo kick for a while too. That was big a few years back. You know, you know what I approach with positivity, because I know that everybody has the right intentions and I know that, okay, this person wants to make change and they're trying to make change. I think they just tend to get confused by the amount of media and studies that get thrown in people's faces that really tend to convolute the process and the whole entire industry. I mean, the obesity epidemic is a billion dollar industry um, for people. It's, you know, it's, it kind of tends to prey on people because it tends to mislead them with uh, magic and false narratives. Um, So usually if a client approaches me about something like that, I tend to not, I tend to try and avoid just being like, no, and negative and and you're wrong. And this is the way, and that's not the way, but I try to just kind of give them a broader picture of, I think the biggest thing I do is give them a broader picture of what the actual basic fundamentals are of nutrition, what nutrition is, teach them about food, teach them about portion control, um, teach them about calories, teach them about macronutrients and just give them a whole entire scope of what nutrition is. And then, uh, you know, segue into how I apply, uh, you know, an approach that I think is much easier than some sort of restrictive or elimination diet that, you know, tells you you can have this, but you can't have that. Um, you know, uh, I always tell clients, we don't have to eliminate anything like anything we, we can, I want to incorporate your lifestyle, what you do now and incorporate into these fundamentals and make them mesh together so we can find something that works. Cause the biggest thing I'm always looking for with people is to find an approach that doesn't stray too far away from where they are right now. And then over time we can gradually, you know, shift to a more uh, stringent or, you know, different approach, but I want to kind of st- I want to kind of ingrain things where they are now, and then we can slowly snowball the habits towards, you know, the right direction. But I never try and make someone feel stupid for thinking that because I don't blame them. And to be honest, everyone starts from the same spot. And at one point, everyone knows nothing. You know, I was the same. Uh, Everyone comes from a point where they know nothing. So I kind of get excited when people come to me with that, because it gives me an opportunity to kind of change their mind, not change their mind, but kind of just be like, Hey, like, I'm going to give you this whole different outlook on things. And it's probably going to kind of blow your mind a little bit. And yeah, the truth is you can still have ice cream and you can still have beer and you can still lose weight. So yeah, I just, I look at it as an opportunity. I think most of all, and I think the biggest thing is I don't want to deter or discourage people from feeling a bit lost or feeling like uh, nothing works for them. And uh, I always tell people, I'm like, everyone can lose weight. there's every single person can do it. There's, there's no reason that no one can. It's just, I think people just, it's like driving down an LA freeway and seeing 10 off ramps. You don't know which one to take. And my job is just to kind of keep them on the road and keep them on the path of uh, what actually matters. And the rest is just noise. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I like talking to you about this kind of thing, because finance and fitness, in my mind, they use a lot of the same corrections to fix problems. So what I'm trying to say is a lot of the ways that you would talk to your clients are the same ways that I may talk to somebody who needs help with their finances. And it's not that 
everybody can invest because some people really do live paycheck to paycheck, but everybody can become financially literate and all they have to do is start to learn. And then over time, perhaps they will develop some new habits where they save money and have more money to invest and then they can move on from there. So one thing I wanted to ask was what's a good starting spot for people and what do you do when they start to falter in their discipline? How do you help them get through that? Actually, I'm just going to elaborate on that one point you just said, because I, you know, to think of it too, like human beings are pretty typical creatures in a sense where we want things fast. You know, we want results fast, whether that's money or whether that's, uh, you know, uh, six pack abs. And I think people are always trying to find that magical solution because they see somebody on Twitter, they see someone on Instagram who's, who, you know, got lucky that one time and, and either in the finance side, we'll, we'll say like got lucky and bought that shit coin that went to, you know, a million dollars and a hundred X and, you know, they got rich or on the fitness side, they look at somebody who has say, maybe just, you know, very natural genetics and, uh, you know, they're crushing pizza on Instagram and, and, uh, on a nightly basis and, and maintaining some six pack abs. So I think that's also important with clients is I always try and make sure that they understand a reasonable a timeline of what is required to get the results they need. Because I have a lot of people that I think don't realize the importance of long-term, just being long-term consistent with the basics is really all you need. That is really all you need. Um, but a lot of people have a hard time with that. <laughs> so, and sorry, what was your question again? Uh, I just wanted to elaborate on that. No, I think that's great. And I agree that it's important to take a long-term perspective on this stuff, like finance and fitness. They're both the same. You're not going to get rich quick if you're doing it properly and you're not going to get fit quick if you're doing it properly. And even if you do with fitness, you're probably going to lose it. But what I was asking was because it's such a long-term goal, how do you help clients get to that point? Because everybody falters. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, literally no one's perfect. Even, um, you know, I had a chance to work with, uh, you know, one of the best coaches in uh, the natural bodybuilding realm, Peter Fitchin. I think he would say the same if he was on here and he would tell you that like, no one is perfect right from the, the top pros all the way down. Nobody, everyone cheats on their diet at some point. <laughs> it's just, it's inevitable. You're going to, no one, no one is perfect. And so for me, that's why I enforce the importance of long-term consistency. So with my clients, I have them check in twice a week. And a lot of times what I'll notice with clients is the weeks tend to go really well and the weekends tends to be where people struggle. So if I have someone in a fat loss phase or run a calorie deficit, they'll eat that deficit for five days, but then they'll spend, uh, you know, that Saturday and Sunday gaining it all back. And it's kind of a spin your wheels approach where you're, you're not really going anywhere because you're dieting through the week and then you're putting it back on the weekend. So my approach with people is when it comes to weekends or like social evenings or I have a few approaches, but one of the main things I always tell people is if you do go over your calories, don't beat yourself up. Don't try and compensate by under eating the next day. It just creates a terrible spiral it's, and it's, it's not good to do. And it's not healthy. That's not the approach you want. We want a healthy, consistent approach. It's not a overeating, under eating, binging approach. I also highlight the importance of long-term. So I, I always tell them like, listen, one or two days isn't going to matter in the long-term. You know, it's just like when you think about it over time, the longer it, you, you spend doing it, the least important those days become, right? So I always highlight the, that fact. The big thing I always tell clients is say, hey, 
go out, enjoy yourself, have a good time. All we want to avoid is my favorite, my favorite line is this. All we want to avoid is an all out binge. That's it. I want you to go tonight. I don't want to worry about your numbers too much. I want you to eat to where you're full. I don't, I don't want you to eat to where you stuff yourself. I, I don't want you to have six pieces of cake. Just have the one piece of cake, you know, um, when it comes to alcohol, alcohol is that one thing clients come to me and they always assume that when we start working together that they can't drink alcohol. And I say, no, we're going to keep, if you, if you drink alcohol now and, and it's a, something that you have a healthy relationship with and you do socially, I said, let's keep it in there. The approach being let's keep it in moderation. And then we do have those nights where you're going to go out and you are maybe celebrating something. You're gonna have a few more drinks. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't, before we go out, let's add it into our numbers into our food for tonight. And this way we know that, okay, we have this many calories that we're going to probably consume tonight in alcohol. This is our window that we have left for the rest of the day. But if we're going to fill up 700 calories in alcohol today, I want you to eat a bit more food today. So it might be a day where a day or two where we are going to add some weight on, or we are going to gain back scale weight, so to speak. But again, as soon as we move back into our numbers and we get a you know consistent stretch together, we'll bring those numbers right back down. So I think it's just for me, it's comforting people because people tend to beat themselves up. And that's why one reason why I don't build meal plans for people. And I like to give people, you know, macronutrients to hit because when, when I give, you know, if I give someone a meal plan and they look at it, they say, okay, do I, you know, do I eat this every day? Yeah. You follow the schedule every day. Well, it's, it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Someone is not going to eat those same foods every single day. So that's where I like the flexible dieting approach um, because it allows you to have different foods in your diet, but you're never feeling like you're cheating on your diet. The biggest thing, the most important thing is portion control. So yeah, and just highlighting those and making sure people know that we're not going to beat ourselves up if we do. And I don't want you to compensate by under eating the next day. So just highlighting that consistent long-term approach to things and not getting too worked up over, you know, hiccups here and there. Yeah. I think that's some valuable advice actually. And in, in the finance world, it's similar. If you make a bad investment and buy a stock that goes down, everybody does that. Warren Buffett has talked many times about his mistakes and the monies he, he's lost. And you can't get caught up in that and try to win it back in another risky investment. You just have to keep on trucking and make sure that your investments are allocated in a way that's going to give you long-term returns. With that being said, most of my listeners would be finance people. I know you've dipped your toes in those waters a little bit. So you'll know what I mean when I say, what would a index fund approach be where you have to do a little bit of work? You got, you know, in finance, you got to open your account. You got to talk to your broker. You got to sign all these papers and open an account to buy index funds. What is something that people can do with nutrition and fitness that takes a little bit of work, but can give them a lot of benefit in the long term? Yeah, that's a great point. And just to speak on your last point too, in the same way that when you research a company, you look at the numbers, you look at the sheet and say, okay, I, you know, I want to invest in this company. And now people do the same thing and they, you know, they want to develop conviction because it, when it does get volatile, you know, you don't puke it out and sell it off. So you need to know what you're investing in. And I think it's the same thing when a client comes to me, they need to, my job is to be a good communicator. So people believe in me and believe in in the process and, and and believe and have conviction in what I'm telling them. So, you know, just to intertwine finance there, it just made me think of that. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like they have to have conviction in me as a coach. And that's why I like being a, you know, a good healthy communicator and keeping that 
open line of communication really, really healthy and explaining things to people. Don't just say, here, do this. Some people do just want to know, hey, just tell me what to do. And that's it. That's fine. But I find there's more value in learning why you're doing something because then it's just, it just, that's how human beings work. We need to, it makes more sense to us when we understand it. We can relate to things like that. So yeah, your point on the index funds, that's, that's actually a really good way to put it. Everyone doesn't want to uh, necessarily track their food, weigh their food, log their food, um, write down all their workouts, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when I coach clients, that's how I coach people because as an online coach, it's the most effective way for me to, it just, it's the most objective way to coach somebody. It's data, it's numbers, uh, but I know human beings aren't just data and numbers, right? We're all people with lives, stress, kids, um, things going on. So my approach flat out doesn't work for everybody. I've turned lots of people down where I've said, just, you know, like, I don't think this is for you because not that I don't think they would be successful, but I, I almost don't know if this is the approach they need at that time in their life. So, you know, if there's somebody who's like, Hey, like, I just want to like improve my habits. I want to just get healthier. I don't need to have a six pack abs. I don't need to, you know, improve, improve my body composition to a point where it's like, you know, it's social media worthy or whatever. If I had to give an index approach, an index fund approach with fitness, I would say like the basic fundamentals are most important. So movement, do you move a lot in the day? Are you moving enough? You know? Okay. Well, some people say, yeah, yeah. Like I do this job. Like I, I move tons. Okay. Like we're probably fine there. Some people like, ah, not really. Like I work at a desk. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then maybe we need to at least do a little bit of monitoring of that. So, I mean, we have our phones now too, like that counter steps. Like it's not much, like at the end of the day, I tell friends, like, yeah, just at the end of the day, look at your phone. Did you hit six, seven, six thousand, seven thousand steps? Well, you know, like, oh, okay. So just take a peek and just see, and then just set a small goal for them. Okay. Like I'm going to hit six, 7,000 steps today. That's all you got to do. So we're going to make sure we just get that movement piece in there. So you're just not on your couch all day. You're not going from your desk to your couch. Um, so I would say that's one of the most basic ones. If you need to monitor that, maybe if not, then don't worry about it. Go to step two. Step two would be resistance training. Are you at least resistance training? Some, are you at least doing something? I don't, I don't know. I know that everyone doesn't necessarily want to be the, be in the gym five, six, seven days a week. And the truth is you don't have to, as long as you're doing something, can you, can you, can, where can we start? Set the bar low, say, you know, like resistance training twice a week for 20 minutes. Let's start there. And I, I find a lot of time with clients too, is they'll come in and they want to make changes really, really fast. So let's say I'm going to work out four days a week and um, you know, I'm going to do this many sets. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I try and talk them out of that because I think there's value in starting slow, starting low and going slow and building up, building the habits first, like I mentioned. So, but for someone who's looking not to log, I would say, just get in two, two sessions of resistance training a week, two full body sessions, start with 20 minutes, twice a week, simple as that. And now if you're more advanced or, or, you know, you've been doing this for longer, you can maybe step it up to three days a week, whatever, but just, just do something. Just do a little bit of resistance training. Um, and I say that because a lot of times clients will come to me and they maybe run only or they do maybe only cardiovascular work, which is great. And, and, you know, let's incorporate that into maybe just a little bit of resistance training too. When it comes to the food, you know, the biggest things with food are obviously, that's where people tend to struggle the most at first, but the realistically, the food's actually the most straightforward part of it all. Training is actually more nuanced really uh, than food is by a long shot. Uh, if you go down that road, it doesn't have to be, but 
with food, I would say the biggest things are going to be, are you eating enough protein? Just ensure, you know, if you're depending on how many meals you try and eat, you know, three to six meals a day. And depending on how many meals you eat, I would probably just, you know, um, give him some, I usually use my hand for portion sizes, depending on the size of the person, but say like, I'll give you an example. I'll say like, you know, two cup handfuls of protein, one fistful of carbs and like a two thumbs of fat. Um, I'll give them something like that. Something very basic just to kind of build from and just ensure they're getting enough protein and say, Hey, like, let's aim for like, you know, four or five meals a day, try to aim for 30, 40 grams of protein a meal. You know, and that sometimes is a lot for people that are just transitioning to a healthier way of eating. But the biggest thing with, with food, I would say, is just portion control, getting in your protein. And I usually just tell people, give yourself a fruit and vegetable bowl every day. You know, a lot of people come to me, they're like, well, I don't eat fruit. Or I don't. Eat so just give yourself a fruit and vegetable. Say, I'm going to eat vegetables twice a day. I'm going to eat fruit two times a day. That's it. Portion control, proteins, and just very simple rules for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to food, I think people have a good idea of what types of food they should be eating. But I think just having some basic guidelines for yourself to kind of start with and build from there um, would be the best approach with food. And that's usually where I tend to lean to for people that are just looking for something very basic. Yeah, it could be that that simple. And a lot of people with money, it's super easy to say, budgeting money in money out i know with nutrition it's similar calories in calories out yeah yeah it is calories in calories out but that just i mean that just doesn't get into the habit and the psychological portion of it all and i think that's where people struggle the most is just formulating new habits i know i keep kind of hammering that (laughs) that nail but i just that's the biggest thing it's just uh, a total change of what you you normally do that maybe just and, and the thing is at the end of the day a lot of times with people is it can just be incorporating really small tweaks into what they do now that could make pretty big changes you know, for instance, say like someone's uh, drinking uh, a lot of Coca-Cola or they drink a lot of pop. It's like, okay, so why don't we, step one, let's switch out your uh, pop for diet pop. You know, say, oh, I mean, I'm drinking three, four or five cans of Coke a day. Well, let's switch out for diet popping. That's just simply cutting up 500 calories right there. <laughs> you know, um, simple things like that. And uh, and yeah, like it's, you, you'd be amazed at what you can actually accomplish really with just some small tweaks. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think it's important for people to do that because I notice with myself, like I'm into fitness, I'm into nutrition too. And when I'm on point with that stuff, I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I can focus better. And as a result of that, that gives me the energy and the focus I need to invest properly and to do other things and spend time with the family properly and and really elevate other parts of my life. Yeah, and I think that's where people... um when I see people and I'm not to get into much of the psychological aspect thing, but, but when I see people that, you know, tend to struggle with, you know, depression or anxiety, um, it always tends to be, it seems to be that it's always people that are doing things outside of, I think the values that they believe in. And I think that's, that transitions to a, a lack of confidence. And I think what you just mentioned too, is when you're, you know, you're eating better, uh, you're training, you're working out, you just feel better overall. It's just that endorphin and just that dopamine high that just, you know, just gives you that confidence. I think that just makes you feel like, okay, you know, like I'm making the process to being a better person. And um, yeah, the like being, we'll call it being healthy, I guess. And in training and, and eating well is 
is just as much of a mental uh, benefit that it is that as a physical. Absolutely. And obviously then something you enjoy doing is coaching and teaching people nutrition. What would you have to say about the business? How much time does it generally take up stress? I know you love it, but if somebody was interested in starting a side business like that, what, what would they be getting into? Yeah. You know what? Last, last year, um, I was really busy and I'll tell you a quick reason why too. I was also prepping last year. So I was very lean. I was sharing my fat loss on my Instagram and social media with people. And I think that generated a lot of interest from people because I think I got a lot of this like, wow, like, how are you, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you, you know, like just and more from the general population, just like, how are you doing this? Like, how is this? I thought you had to like trick yourself and do this trick and this magical thing and take these supplements. And, and, um, and I think I opened a lot of people's eyes when I went through prep. Cause I was during prep. I mean, I was, I was having beers at nighttime. I was, you know, eating popcorn. I was eating ice cream. When I get, when I got closer to stage, you know, a few weeks out, that's when I really, really turn up the dial. But you know, up into uh, a few weeks out to a month out, uh, I was still doing all those things. So I think that really opened up a lot of people's eyes. And I had a lot of clients come in and say, Hey, like, I want to do what you're doing, you know, but people quickly realize that uh, prepping for a bodybuilding show and getting that lean is a whole different beast and animal. It's um, I think a lot of people may think they would want to do it. But then when you actually do it, they realize how hard it actually is. It was one of the hardest things I ever did. So but I think that generated a lot of interest because, you know, social media is, media is this weird, uh, weird place where I think we tend to assume that everyone, ha- you know, has it all going on and, and is just like, you know, they see that, that perfect body and they assume that that's maybe what they need to kind of make them happy. But at the end of the day, before I got on stage and looked my best, I was probably like the most miserable. <laughs> I could be. Um, so, but um yeah, I think if someone is interested in in starting their own uh, business online, I would say that um, find something you love that you're really, really interested in. Because if it's not something you love and you're not really, really interested in, you won't really see it through. And don't assume that it's going to make you rich right away or ever. Um, it's got to be something that, you know, I think you're, you're passionate about and and do something I think that you feel maybe you're giving back to others in a way that you're helping others. And it's, I would say last year, I almost bit off maybe a bit more than I could chew. And I've kind of toned things back just because my house, my personal life's busy. I got three small kids. So I took a step back a little bit this year and and decided I'm going to probably aim to coach a little bit less just to give myself some more family time, even in the evenings. Um, So just know that that's the sacrifice that comes with it. It's just, it's hard work and uh, you're going to have to put in a shit ton of effort. Um, You know, so I think going in, knowing those few things, just being passionate about what you're teaching about, I think will, you know, if you have those few check boxes there and you're ready to work and you love what you're doing, then uh, just go for it. And that was another thing I would say too, is go for it. I remember, to be honest, when I first started coaching online, looking back, I thought I had everything figured out. But when I look back now on that person, I'm like, man, you didn't know shit. <laughs> you didn't know anything. And I think that's a, important because I, to me, that's a huge sign of growth. If you look back at yourself, you know, three, four years later and be like, you know what? Yeah, I had that figured out. I'd be concerned because like, where, where did the growth happen then? 
you know, what, you know, where have you developed? How have you much have you learned since then? So never stop learning. I still think to this day, you know, I still approach it every single person, like, uh, you know, I'm using them to like every client, I gain something from every client. I learn something new from every single person I coach. And that's the God honest truth. Every single person brings something new. And, um, and that was, you know, the big thing was learning just how to deal with people. And, and yeah, I don't see an end in sight to coaching. I still love doing it. And I love, to be honest, I just love sharing my passion with other people. Yeah. I feel the same way, even just with my show, it's, you know, it's not profitable. I make $0, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> every, you're doing every, what you love, buddy. You're doing what you love. You know what? Every guest that comes on yourself included, I learned something new. And I think if you stop learning, then that's probably an issue. And for me, I just have this desire to learn from people who know what they're talking about. And for you, it's nutrition and fitness. And I really appreciate that. I wonder if we could just talk probably the last point here, if you want to touch a little bit more on social media, because I know that in the finance world too, it's so easy to get caught up in these guys posting their gains. And half the times these aren't even real accounts they are just playing with fake money. They're like, Hey, look, yeah, I, I made 150% on, you know, Ethereum or whatever. So how do you deal with that in the fitness world? Yeah. Um, I just don't, <laughs> I used to care. Like I don't, I used to care more when I first started, but I just, I don't give a shit anymore. Honestly, just, I just stick in my lane and, uh, I just don't let it even bother me, I guess. You know what? I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, I share a lot of my things on social media. I, I share my business on social media. I share my, you know, my training, my fitness, my nutrition, but I don't spend too much time on there just because, um, man, I, I spend most of my time reading books, um, trying to develop my own personal scope and grow and, and you know, develop in, in different areas you know i branched out i think i've talked to you a lot about this year about branching out into learning about you know economics and, and finance and, and how to invest and I, I came to you with a bunch of questions and um it's funny because i came in i was a little bit cocky I'm like oh i can do this like i'm gonna invest and yeah like, why not but then the the deeper i keep getting into it i'm like man i really don't know anything and it's just like these rabbit holes where i just keep going down i'm like wait, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know. No, I don't even like, it's crazy. It's like, every time I think I have it figured out, there's just one more, um, you know, avenue to go in. So I think the same with finance, learning with fitness, there's a lot of noise, man. There's a lot of noise and a lot of people saying stuff that just is unnecessary. And the thing is too, is like, sometimes people in fitness will try to overcomplicate things to maybe make them seem more nuanced or, seem like there needs to be this like specific approach that is detailed and so even me when I first started you know like I would get roped into that stuff be like oh okay so what is this guy doing like I'm going to take a little bit of what this guy's doing and take a little bit of what this guy's doing and then package it all up and then maybe like but you know I quickly learned over time that there's just you know a few basic rules and I you know what I did too is like as I got more educated because I think social media is an awesome tool I do I don't know if that makes me contrarian, but I actually think it is a awesome tool because you can connect with family. You can share your life on there. It's a, it's like a personal journal. You can share your passions on there. Almost like a lot of the time, it's just like, I, for me, the more I learned about the subject, the more I kind of just trimmed everything down. And I don't even necessarily mean to just what's important here, but I mean, just on social media, like, okay, like I took the people that actually like were you know, kind of get into the point of everything and focused on like, you know, being in that group or that community 
and surrounding myself with other people like that. And then just kind of, and then when I see the other stuff now, like I honestly could literally give two shits. I, I just, it doesn't even bother me. Like, you know, like, like I used to get irritated when I see someone come on there and, or like, you know, on Facebook, you see the, like the V shreds or the guy that's like crushed in pizza and be like, you know, you can be like this too and eat this, <laughs> like all this goofy stuff. And I get it. Like people are trying to make money and they're trying to make a living. They want to all retire young and, and I guess not have to work. And, but that's the online world these days. And I don't know, I don't take it personal or anything. I just figure that's people trying to get after their grind and make it, I guess. But I feel bad for the people that sometimes get suckered into it. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's one of those things, like you mentioned, the more you learn, especially in finance, the more you realize you don't know, but you also begin to understand what's noise and what's not sometimes. And, and yeah. I agree with you. I, I really think that social media is amazing in many ways. I've had some conversations with people on social media that I would, and even on this podcast that I would never get to talk to otherwise. And there are people that are sending out tweets on Twitter that are really informative and really well thought out. It's just, you have to know what's noise and what's not. And it's really hard to like dig through and filter that. But I do think it's something that people need to have in their lives, just not get too carried away and not believe everything that they see. Probably the same as with nutrition and fitness. 100% that you nailed it exactly. The more you can educate yourself on a subject, then the more you'll start kind of seeing through people, you know, and, um, and then you'll almost hit this like inflection point where it's like, sometimes you'll be like, Hey, like I actually understand and comprehend things that maybe a little bit better than this person even does. And I used to, you know, look up to this person for information. It's like, well, now I can kind of see and sift through the bullshit a little bit. And um, yeah, I think most of all, it's just, if you want to learn about it, to be honest, and I agree. Like that's the means, another reason why, like you can learn anything you want online, like literally anything. A lot of my, uh, you know, fitness and nutrition. And I learned most, like I, I did courses and I, I read the books and I did all that. But the most I ever learned was from online and sifting through, finding the right people to listen to, getting educated online, um, teaching myself. To be honest, you can learn anything online. Yeah, it's just, I think sometimes too, it's just like if you get off on the wrong springboard and someone shoots you that way, next thing you know, you're on a rabbit hole of uh, the liver king or some goofy shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. And then you get, you know, guys like Rogan, who's, who's on a different diet every month and he's doing carnivore one day and then he's doing, you know, whatever the next day. But yeah, anyway, I think, um, yeah, no, I think this has been great. I think we've talked a lot about life in general and just some, some aspects that people might not have thought of with nutrition and finance and how they interconnect and how really, I think your life as a whole, if you can sort of do these things and get some habits, then you're going to be able to help yourself out and figure out what you want to do in general. So with that, just want to thank you for coming on again. It's always a pleasure. And anytime you want to come back on, feel free. If you want to just let uh, people know where they can find you, your website, Instagram, whatever, then we'll just leave it there. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at, on Instagram at Aaron Atkin Fitness and uh, my website's AaronAtkinFitness.com. Check it out. And yeah. If anybody Thanks. has any questions, just shoot me an email. I'll be happy to answer. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Awesome, buddy. Thanks for having me. Joe is not a financial advisor and may have interest in the stocks discussed on the show. So do not take any information included within this podcast as a recommendation or formal advice. Thank you.